Heavenly Father, we come before thy throne of grace on this glorious morning. And isn't it so in life that after the storm and after the suffering, there comes the sunshine and the, and the peace. And yet, for some it is ongoing, and we're mindful of them, Lord, that you would be with them as we are here in a comfortable place of worship, many are suffering. Father, we pray that you would bless our being together and not, help us not to take it for granted that we have health, life and breath to come to listen to your word. For there are many that do not have even a Bible and uh, are yearning and hungering for this word of God, which is so free today here, but so limited in other places. Bless your word. Be with he that speaks. May he just be an empty vessel in your hands. And open the hearts of all that are here to listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear ones, for this morning's text, I feel led to read from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins... Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, For this great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. 
and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them which were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's bow down and worship our Lord together. Almighty God, we are amazed at the truth of your word. And we who were enemies, separated, without hope, dead in sins, captive and defiled, you loved, even when we were spitting in your face, even when we were rejecting you and you made a way such an expensive way what cost you what was dearest your own son his purity his life and have made a way to become one that there is no distinction between any ethnic group or any gender or Lord that we are we are no longer as we tend to think of ourselves in different levels and different groups we are really either lost or saved with you or without having eternal life or still in death Father we thank you for wiping away all these artificial Barriers, wiping away the barrier of our own sin and the judgment that stood against us so that we could enter in. And Lord, what we still fail to comprehend that we can be raised, lifted up to sit with Jesus Christ at, at, at your right hand in heavenly places. That you not only saved us, you not only wiped away the condemnation, but you adopted us as your sons and you brought us into relationship and you are with us and work through us and we are not alone. What incredible promises we have. Lord, we thank you and we pray that we would lay hold on these exceeding great and precious promises and that we wouldn't let them go when, when we need them the most when trials surround us, when pain surrounds us, when confusion surrounds us, that we would lay hold of this truth that we are in Christ in heavenly places, that we are never alone, that we are in your hand and nothing can take us out. Thank you for these promises and the truth that you can never lie 
and that you will always keep these promises. Father, we pray for those who have not yet laid hold on those promises, who are still dead and separated and alienated by their own choices. Lord, that they could realize the futility, the emptiness of trying to find happiness apart from you, of love and acceptance and truth apart from the way, the truth, and the life and the God who is love. Father, we pray that they would turn and come in humility, receive with meekness this living word that's able to be effective and produce life within them. Father, we thank you this morning that we can hear your word. We pray that you would speak to us through your servant. Father, our heart goes out for those who are indeed suffering, as we have mentioned a number, Lord, who, who are suffering and hardly able to breathe, who think of Kara Freeman and, and our sister Olga Vukov and Olga Ordog and others, Lord, who are, who are struggling with illness and some who have been unable to come and worship with us, who are laid in their beds. Father, our hearts go out to them. We pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them and, oh, that we could be your hands and feet. Father, we pray for your word, which is powerful, which we have the privilege of hearing without being uh, persecuted here, but that, Lord, is facing so much resistance in this country and around the world where those who would bear that word are marked and persecuted and whose lives are threatened, whose families. Father, we pray for courage for them that your light would not be snuffed out, but, Lord, that we could overcome evil with good. And, Lord, that your light would reach even the darkest corners of this planet, that all could know the wonderful gift that you have given. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear ones, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a church that was at Ephesus, maybe around about 60 plus AD, and uh, about 30 to 40 years later, John, the disciple of Christ, the apostle of Christ, he writes a letter dictated by Christ to the same church. Jesus, Jesus writes to the church at Ephesus through the Apostle John and he says, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walked in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labour and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake has laboured and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. 
Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This is written by John, but dictated to him in a revelation from Christ. That's why the book is called The Revelation, what God revealed, what Christ revealed. And um, what happened in 40 or so years, one would think that's a very short time for the church at Ephesus to diminish in their spiritual state. But what caused it? The clue was that they had left their first love. Their first love. And I don't think it means chronologically their first love. They had other loves before. They loved idols. They loved themselves. And What it meant, they, they left their premier, the foremost love in their life, which should have been Christ. And when you look back at this letter that the Apostle Paul writes, he writes to them the first three chapters of making them aware of who they are in Christ. Who exactly they are, where they are positioned, what is their position and state before God. And comes out with some glorious, glorious words um, in the first chapter. You can read it for yourselves about uh, just, a, just a few verses. Blessed be the God, in verse uh, 3 of chapter 1, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He repeats the same thing in, in uh, second chapter, verse 6, And hath raised us up together and hath made us sit together in heavenly places, in Jesus Christ. He was saying, though you are here on this earth in the flesh, but because of your new relationship with God, because you are now his children, because you have been born again, because the old man has died, your real homeland is heaven. You know, the thought went to me, uh, came to me this morning as, as Brother Edmund was praying as we're here gathered in this church, this building today. But there are many, many, many other hundreds, thousands of, of buildings and churches where services are going on of various degrees, of, in various formats, various teachings. And it's all going on simultaneously. But what occurred to me was there is something going on in heaven at this very moment. The Bible talks about a temple in heaven. In Revelation chapter 11, how the temple in heaven has the Ark of the Testament there. And how God's uh, creatures, uh, 
the, the four beasts and the angels and the 24 elders and the great host of, of saints are worshipping and praising and, 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 and elevating his name. When we feel so alone, when we feel so isolated, we must realise that we are part of something huge, tremendously big, and we lose sight of that, that we have a great God, that we have a great vocation, as he says in chapter 4 of Ephesians. We have a great calling, and we need to live up to that calling. So he reminds them of who they are, how they've been predestinated to the adoption of the children of Christ, how they have been given an inheritance, how they have been given the earnest of the Spirit as a down payment or a guarantee that God will deliver the rest. But in order for them to really appreciate what they have, he reminded them of who they were. Of who they were. We will never really fully comprehend God's great salvation unless we fully acknowledge and understand of our great sin, of who we were. In another place, the Apostle Paul lists these heinous, these heinous sins, a list of them, and he says, and such were some of you. All of them. He, re- he reminded them where they come from. And I believe that's one of the reasons that the major reasons that Christ or God uh, or Christ gave to Paul and to the apostles the ordinance or the sacrament of the Lord's Supper to to break the bread and to drink the wine in commemoration that Christ's body was broken and that his blood was shed to remind us why because of our sin and because of his love The same ordinance was given to the children of Israel with the Passover. And when they shall ask you, why do you do these things? You will say. The Apostle Peter says that those that that have forgotten that they were purged by the blood of Christ are blind and cannot see afar off and they stumble. When we forget how great as sinners we were, We don't appreciate how great a salvation God has given to us. And that's when love goes cold. Well, the the Apostle John says, we love him because he first loved us. Let's not forget that. We love him because he first loved us. And so the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. There seemed to be, perhaps from the text that we have here just in front of us, a mixture. Ephesus was probably mainly Gentile, but Jewish uh, members as well. And so he is putting into perspective some of God's plan, not the whole thing, but in, 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 in global terms, in, in, in high overview, what God's plan was concerning his creation. And that consisted of Jews and Gentiles. You can see that 
um, in, in the second chapter, he, he talks about that at the time, he's speaking to now uh, the Gentiles specifically, addressing the, spe- uh, the Gentiles specifically in verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And what he's speaking about was the covenant of promise that he, that he gave to Abraham, to David, that the nation of Israel was called forth, though a small nation, though a nation that he said was stiff-necked, he said he called them forth that through them he may show his glory to the rest of the world. That through all the um, historical events, to all the, the laws, the, the, the um, uh, people that were raised, the kings, the prophets, God would through them show to the rest of the world his power. Even in Pharaoh, he says, he raised him. He preserved his life through the whole episode of, of the Exodus that, that through him he would show his glory to the rest of the world. And we have seen it. Um, the nation of Israel has existed since the time of Abraham, which was, I forget, was it 18, 1900 B.C.? It wasn't called Israel then. It became Israel when Jacob wrestled with the angel and his name was changed. But, but the promises that were given to Abraham were 4,000 years ago. And the promises are still valid today. And what were the promises? That in Abraham's seed, in Abraham, who was first called Abram, and he's changed his name to Abraham, a father of many nations or multitudes, he says that through his seed he will bless the nations of the earth. And his seed shall be like the stars of the heavens and like the sands of the sea in number. And he, and he, and he confirmed that covenant by sacrificing birds and animals and God walking in the horror of darkness between these cleaved or split animals with the blood, walked through that to consolidate that covenant he made with Abraham. God is not slack concerning his promise. There were questions in the time of of, um, the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the Romans. Some were questioning if, if, if... if the Jews were the, the chosen people, why are they not being saved? Has God forgotten? Is he going back on his promises? And I'm not going to go into that, but he basically said, no, God has not slack. He's doing exactly what he said he would. But the way he would choose, the way he would select and save people is not according to the way people, the Jews understood it at the time. And that was mainly that the Jews felt, and you can just read through Romans 9, 10, and 11. The Jews, it says, they put behind them the righteousness of God 
and went about to establish their own righteousness. They wanted to become acceptable and approved to God by what they could show God they could do. And the Apostle Paul refuted that in the book of Romans and he refutes it here in the letter to the Ephesians. And he's saying, now the time has come, the time has come that ye were without Christ before, being aliens, being foreigners to the commonwealth, to this, to this uh, nation of Israel, and strangers from the covenants, having no hope and without God, atheos, that's where you get the word atheist from, without God, off uh, in the world. But now in Christ, Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So he's not speaking here you about you have made you've become made nigh to God. That is true. We have made nigh to the, but you have now been brought together with the Jews. You have you are now part of that family of God that God first chose Israel to be the, his people. You have now become part of that family of God. You have to remember that even when Jesus was on this earth he wasn't going after the Gentiles. Do you remember that? Remember that uh, woman that came from behind and, and wanted to touch the garment, I believe, of Christ? I think that, that was a story. And, and um, Jesus said, It's not meat for me to give you the bread of the children to dogs. But the woman said, But... Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table. The Gentiles to the Jew were known as dogs, unclean. But this woman had so much faith that she was seeking Christ's healing, even though she was a Gentile. And the Jews were brought together because of what Christ did. He said, I am not come but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Christ said it then. The time had not yet come to bring in the Gentiles as a whole. But here, Paul says, the time is here. As a matter of fact, Paul the Apostle was the, the Apostle that was selected to go to preach to the Gentiles. He says, just as Peter was sent to the circumcision or to the Jews, he says, I was sent to preach to the Gentiles. Even that we take for granted. We even maybe take that for granted. That God had separated. The Apostle Paul says he separated me from my mother's womb. Separated him to preach to the Gentiles. The one that persecuted the church. The one that killed, that stoned. The, the one that, that was forcing the Christians to blaspheme. The same one. Turned around. And a lot what he is writing here, beloved, is a lot what he had experienced himself. He's living proof of what he wrote here. He says, For Jesus Christ is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And the, the image here is the wall 
that separates the court of the Gentiles, I believe, from the court of the women, if, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. The Gentiles were not allowed to go past that wall. It may have been about four feet high, but any Gentile going into there would suffer dire consequences. And the Apostle Paul was actually accused, and that's why they wanted to kill him, because he brought in a Gentile into the temple, they thought. So he says, this wall of partition has now been removed. It's been abolished. The enmity has been abolished between the Jew and the Gentile. And that he might reconcile both Jew and Gentile unto God into one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to them or to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh both to those that were far off, the Gentiles, and to them that were nigh, which were the Jews, they Jews still needed to hear the gospel of peace. The fulfillment was here. Now therefore ye are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. What a privilege that is. Do we understand what that means. In order to understand what that means, we have to understand where we came from. I remember the song, and it still rings in my head today, that we sang it 35 years ago. Remind me, O Lord. Roll back the curtains of memory now and then. Show me where I am today and where I could have been. Are we really appreciative and thankful? Do we really recognize how great a sinner we were? And so he did that. In chapter 2, he says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead. He said, No, I wasn't. I was alive. I was having fun. I knew what I was doing. You may say that now on the other side of salvation. You may be saying that today. I don't feel dead. Those that are not in Christ, things are going good for you. But the Apostle Paul, he went through this experience. Let me read it to you. And it's been preached upon many times in this church. 